Baseball Money is Fake on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by the SGPN Merch Store. Use promo code SGPNBA to get 10% off everything in the SGPN Store. Welcome to Baseball Money is Fake. Fantasy Baseball Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. I am Blake Meyer. In case you guys forgot, it's been a couple days since we recorded. Been busy in the real world, but we're still here. We're still talking baseball, doing the damn thing. As always, I am with my man, Ryan Gilbert. How are you doing today, Ryan? I'm doing good, yeah. Since we, we last recorded on what, Monday? Since then, Stanley Cup playoffs has taken over my life there. But ha- happy to get back here, talk some baseball, heading into the weekend. Same man, the, that well, I almost cussed this early on in the episode. Can't do that. <clears throat> uh, that cracking game the other night, not to talk about baseball, but that cracking game the other night was everything for me, and it's going to be everything for me tonight as well. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll see how how game two goes goes for you guys. Tonight. I'm, not, I'm not sure if you'll have the, the same luck that you had in game one. Hopefully not, for, for the sake of my bets. Vastly different. But speaking of some bets, if you are listening to this, we are on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. And an excellent way to get yourself some good betting info, if you don't trust me and Ryan for whatever reason, come over to our Discord, sg.pn slash Discord, type it in your browser, our Discord will pop up, we have thousands of people in there talking sports, talking betting, talking fantasy, literally 24 hours a day, I'm up every day at 3am West Coaster time, and there's a bunch of people already up talking about like hockey and everything else, because I mean... The talk never stops. And make sure you follow us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and YouTube. Uh, Hit us with the five-star rating and review. If you like what you hear, we really appreciate it. And we do have that contest going on as well. You can find it over on our Twitter. It is in the pinned tweet. All you got to do is subscribe on YouTube for one entry, five-star rating on Spotify for one entry, five-star rating on Apple Podcasts for one entry for a total of three. And the winner will be drawn on the 27th, and you get a free MLB custom jersey of your choosing. The winner does. Not everybody. Just the winner. Uh, any jersey, any team, any name, any number, it is yours, and it's free to enter, so go check that out. And speaking of checking checking stuff out, did you check out Mason Miller the other day, the prospect that the the Oakland Athletics called up? Look at that! Look at that transition there. I like it. You, you mean we're not better. getting we're not getting into our normal DFS info and props and futures we we normally do here on this show? No, but uh, but Mason Miller, I, I did I did catch some of the highlights there. I I was not aware that he was as good as he is. I mean, I saw I think the pitching ninja on on Twitter or someone put together a, a combination of like one of his at bats against somebody, just absolutely insane movement on a sinker like 102. He think he has like 103 fastball, good slider. So. Yeah, it's good. We talked. I think we talked about him before on Monday when, when when you brought him up and we said you know maybe he won't get as many wins or opportunities for wins in Oakland. But given his strikeout upside, I was looking at his um, yeah get, get off first start. Given his strikeout upside, I think he's definitely worth being owned probably in all leagues. I agree. I, I went to go pick him up or put in a Fab bid in TGFBI. To, if you forgot, uh, Fab is tonight at six thirty my time, nine thirty your time. So get your bids in now. Uh, I went to go pick him up, but somebody already bought him previously, which was wild. So good for them for having the the foresight on that one. But he reminds Mason Miller reminds me a lot of like a Hunter Green, but slightly different. Like they both had that crazy fastball. Mason Miller was hitting like 102.5 in his first outing. Uh, the big difference is uh, Mason Miller, he has a slider. But it's not like the nasty wipeout pitch that you would hope it was. Had a 33% whiff rate in his first start. Uh, but he's very, very, very fastball dominant. Uh, he threw his fastball 63% of the time, the slider only 22. Whereas Hunter Green is more like a, a 51% fastball, 49% slider. Mr. Miller has a cutter too, which he uses a little bit. And he mixes in a little change up. So he has some off-speed stuff, but I think he threw one changeup in the whole start. I have to see if that's something that kind of he gets more comfortable with. 
but yeah, he he has so much life on his fastball. I love spin rates. His fastball was spinning at like 24, 2500 RPMs, tons of movement on it. So it's not just damn, he throws fast. It's damn, he throws fast. And that fastball moves like eight inches to the left every time he throws it, which is absurd. Oakland's going to kill his win chances a little bit, as you mentioned. So that is very reminiscent of Hunter Green. But, I mean, the upside is there. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. He's he's actually only rostered in one-third of Yahoo League. So he, he's available in, in, in most leagues. He's available in my one 10-teamer here. I'm not quite picking him up yet. And he's only owned in, in my other leagues because they're they're very prospect. Not prospect-heavy, but, like, there's enough people in there that follow prospects. So he was already uh, picked up there. So, yeah, the one thing that gives me pause with him is just – he was a college guy, so so lack of professional experience here, especially at the AAA level. Last year, he had one start there, or two starts there, allowed three runs in five innings, struck out seven. Uh, one start this year at AAA, five shutout innings, though. 11 strikeouts, one start at AA, eight strikeouts in three and two-thirds, two earned. So just a lack of professional experience, you know, and having to go against... I mean, the, the AL West is pretty tough. You got the Rangers have a good lineup, the Astros, obviously, the Mariners have a great lineup. So, the the AL West is a tough division for for Oakland and for mm-hmm. um, yeah yeah. I forgot about the the Angels too. Angels have a, have a killer lineup there. So yeah, o- Oakland's three and sixteen. <laughs> Jesus Christ! It's so yeah, good. Mason is not going to get any wins at all. So if, you, if you want wins, don't don't look look that way. But if you want strikeouts. You want hopefully, uh, hopefully good ratios. I think that, I feel like I feel like the uh, the Coliseum there is, is a decent pitcher's park or, or average park. So, yeah, he, he might he's not going to get wins. To be determined on his ERA, but the strikeouts are there. Yeah, and the thing that uh, so it's so hard to kind of actually. I mean, Mason Miller's a great pitcher. Do, mm-hmm. Does the the like he's not going to get a win? He, he's going to get what five wins on this season? Maybe. Yeah. He's going to strike people out, but like he could be like a Hunter Green, Lodolo type, where his first year his ERA is over five. He has those games yeah. where he strikes out twelve, but he gives up seven runs or because of five runs, or you know, every every one of every few starts is, is a good start, and then there's a few just a few stinkers in between. So I don't know if maybe you, he's someone you play based off matchups. If it's a if it's a weekly league, especially, definitely do that. But even a daily league, like. I never want to want to bench a starting pitcher, but he if he's going up against a, a red hot Astros, Rangers, Angels, or Mariners team, which is what he's going to be doing most of the time, he may not be worth a start. So keeper leagues definitely pick him up. Maybe you know you can even wait to pick him up and try to maybe, or if he's already rostered, try to buy him low after he has some some rough starts against some some good lineups because the potential's there. I feel like next year we're probably going to be talking about him a lot, like we're like we're talking about Hunter Green heading into this season. So that is a good comparison, but it might be might be too much hype, too much early. We'll we'll see. Yeah, the only thing that kind of keeps me excited about him is, I mean, I'm very excited about a dude that throw, likes coming out throwing 102 miles an hour in his first start. Like, that's incredible. A dude that his last minor league start was five innings, no hits, and 11 Ks. That's incredible. Things like that, but. It's really hard to project how a minor leaguer will do at the major league level, especially a pitcher. Um, but the thing that kind of makes me believe that it's real with him is there's guys that are good in the minor leagues and then come up to the major leagues and produce like okay or struggle. And then there's the guys that just absolutely dominate everybody because that's what you're supposed to do when you're better than everybody you're supposed to crush like the opposition like that's the best way i could think to put it like you're like if you are that crazy insanely good pitcher in the minor leagues that throws 102 you're supposed to blow fastballs by everybody and he did his minor league strikeout rate was like 19 percent or like 19 k9 i mean he's like 19 k9 which is absurd his he has 53 strikeouts in 28 innings which uh, I can do I can do the math after this, but his strikeouts to walk, fifty three strikeouts, six walks in his minor league career. Only had one walk uh, in his in his major league debut. No walks this season in in three or two minor league starts. So that that the fact that he has that control is, is mm-hmm. does does give you does give you some optimism there. 
Yeah, he's just elite when it comes to strikeouts, and he was making some major league hitters look like children at the plate, swinging it. He had some guys swinging at 102 mile an hour fastballs that were above their head, and they're still swinging at them as if they don't do this every day and get paid millions of dollars mm-hmm. to do this every day. So, yeah, the, the one video I saw actually ended with a, a high swinging swinging strikeout on a fastball, but it was like it looked like he missed his spot, but he he throws fast enough where yeah. he missed his spot, and it was good. So, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if he's overhyped. He could be, maybe maybe wait a year, but. Yeah, something that is never overhyped is Underdog Fantasy. We're brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. The NBA and NHL playoffs are here, and what better way to get down on some player prop parlays than over at Underdog Fantasy? Besides daily NHL, NBA, and MLB games, they've also got, already got NFL best ball drafts with a guaranteed half million in prizes. Head over to underdogfantasy.com and use promo code SGPN for 100% deposit bonus up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. All right, so speaking of uh, guys that are just better than everybody that are supposed to kill uh, their minor league competition when they're down there, happy Fernando Tatis Jr. Day. So I get it. That's going to irk some people because there are the the baseball purists that uh, you might be one that like, oh, man, he got popped for PED, so why are we celebrating him? The class, classic me right there. Yeah, you know. Took the words out of my mouth, please. <laughs> Barry Bonds is one of my favorite players of all time. The man should be in the Hall of Fame. Fernando Tatis Jr., I'm not saying one version of PEDs or steroids is better than the other, but some guys use it to hit the ball harder and farther. Some guys use it to heal faster to come back. He did the old use it to heal faster and come back. So his 45 home runs, 25 stolen bases or whatever he had a few years ago. I don't think that that was juiced in any way, but the man's back. He played eight minor league games. He hit like 550 with seven home runs, 15 RBIs, stole two bases, and only struck out 7% of the time. Yeah, here's here's his final three games from the 13th, 13th, 15th, 16th. Um, five for six with three home runs and a double, eight RBIs. Then he went four for five with two home runs. And then he went two for five with the home run. So he, he's on a three-game <laughs> home run streak with a total of six home runs in, in that span there. Uh, who's who's pitching tonight for, for the Diamondbacks? Who who unfortunately um, good riddance good riddance to Madison Bumgarner there. Yeah, Weaver, not a good pitcher. That's yeah. why in the Discord, if you guys are also in the Discord, I put this morning. Tati's home I'm run. Here we go. Tati's home run. Like it's only plus two hundred, which I don't like for a home run bet because everybody seems to think he's going to hit hit one. But two plus home runs. Here's those betting picks that everybody says we make. <laughs> Two plus home runs for Tatis today is plus twenty five hundred. Oh, oh speaking, take him in DFS too. His DFS salary is two thousand. Oh uh, yes, I saw that this morning not. as well. There we go. DFS, DFS, and props always the best, the best advice here. <laughs> but yeah, like I'm, I'm big on storyline games. I think everybody seems to perform better in storyline games. Marco Gonzalez in his last start that he just had is a prime example. Marco Gonzalez couldn't strike me out with his eighty eight mile an hour fastball. He has he has a kid and somehow comes out pitches six innings two runs with nine strikeouts. I couldn't tell you the last time Marco Gonzalez struck out nine people in one at bat. If you don't think Fernando Tatis Jr. is absolutely right. psyched yeah. for this, yeah, I think Tatis is great. I mean, um, uh, yeah, it, it, it's great. And yeah, the, I mean, this show we're recording at five forty five Eastern. It's probably going to be published in a few hours, so the game could be over by then. You're probably listening to this after the game. Blake, predict Tatis's line tonight. What do you think? Uh, three for five with two home runs, six RBIs, and a stolen base. Oh man, that that is good. That that that, that is similar to to what what I was probably going to go for. Uh, I'll, I'll go I'll go two for four. He'll have a walk in there. He is going to steal a base, but his uh, no, he's not going to steal. No, he is going to steal a base. Okay, he's steal, I'm writing these down. He's, he's going to steal a third after hitting a double and also hit a home run. Give him uh, four, four ribbies. Love it. We're going to see who's closer. He'll probably go like 0 for 5 with three strikeouts. Yeah, I know. With four strikeouts. <laughs> Apparently, it's Ryan Nelson, Ryan Nelson tonight for, for the Diamondbacks, I'm saying. Oh, really? That's even that's even worse for the Diamondbacks then. Three for four, two home I, runs. Yeah. Tatis is back, though. That's great. I mean, I I think he's going to be one of the best best players in baseball from from here on out. I, I might might even take a take a future on him as a NL MVP here. That but uh, yeah, and 
we're going to record again on Friday, so we'll see whose prediction was closer, and we'll go over his uh, overreaction to his first start. If you should, you should trade him, if you should buy low, sell high, you know, we'll, we'll see there. Uh, speaking of going over things, um, and real quick, I just want to say shout out to the over 400 people watching us on Twitter right now. That's also why I was talking about Tatis tonight, because this is our most successful Twitter live stream. So what's up, everybody? Uh, but speaking of going over things, at the end of this, we're going to go over weekend matchups. I was going to segue into that this now because it would have been <laughs> such a good segue. But that's just a good way to end the episode. We're going to go over some uh, pitching matchups for the weekend. But if you can't tell by the title, we're talking some early season surprises. But more more along the lines of uh, guys taking later in drafts, waiver wire guys, things of that nature. that have kind of come out of nowhere and... I mean, surprise us. It's still early, and we talk a lot about how uh, uh, small sample sizes are what you make of them. If you want a small sample size of somebody to be a good indicator of success or regression, it can be. If you want it to be a bad indicator of success or regression, it can be. My biggest one probably so far this year is Jorge Mateo from Boston. He hit like two, man, like low two hundreds last year. He had all the speed. Baltimore, yeah. Oh God, I was looking. I was looking and typing at the same time. But from Baltimore, yes, uh, he had all the speed last year. Couldn't really hit his way out of a paper bag, and now somehow this year, uh, he's hitting three sixty two with three home runs and eight stolen bases. He has an OPS over one. And if you look at his baseball savant page, the man is red everywhere, which is not. What Jorge Mateo is supposed to do, like average exit velocity, 83 percentile, max exit velocity, 92nd percentile. He hit one 112.4 miles per hour. He saw 1900 pitches last year and his uh, his hardest hit ball was 111 miles an hour. So he's coming up expecting expected batting average, 86 percentile strikeout percentage 81st sprint speed 99th he's doing everything that you wanted out of a guy you took as like a top 100 player this year and Mateo was going in the late 200s for drafts and sometimes not even drafted depending on your league size so guys like that are I know you hate the 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 term league winners oh they're gonna win it's, the league pick them up trade, early. Trade, trade your whole team for Jorge Mateo and you're guaranteed it's still a early he's been a, he's been a matchup winner this early in the season yeah, I, I got one for you that actually is a guy I, I just picked up in my, 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 my biggest Yahoo League yesterday. He's available in my other two, only rostered in 22% of leagues, is uh, Jorge Soler of the Miami Ooh. Marlins, hitting third and fourth in that lineup. If you pull up his his uh, his baseball savant page here, it's like it's like in Seinfeld when, when Kramer opens a door and it's the, the chicken light, the red chicken light. It's bright, right? Bright red here. Average exit velocity, 99th percentile. Max ex- exit velocity, 97th. Hard hit percent, 95. Expected slugging, 99th percentile. He's basically one of the, He's right now, I think he's going to go on a tear. Four game hit streak mm-hmm. with, a, with a home run in that span. Um, six of his last eight bat uh, balls in play were over 100 uh, miles per hour exit. Exavilo with a with a ninety eight there as well, so that's seven of his last eight. He's he's killing the ball right now, and and he's someone that only a few years ago had I think what, like forty some home runs for for, for KC. He had a uh, mm-hmm. forty eight back in twenty nineteen with the juice ball, but <laughs> last year he had he had thirteen home runs in seventy two games. If you extrapolate, it out, it's probably thirty home runs there. Um, year before he had. 27 in a full season between Casey and Atlanta. So he can hit and he can be a guy that Miami trades at the deadline, like, like they are known to do. And he's, as long as he's healthy in that lineup hitting three, four, I mean, I'd pick him up. Yeah. And I've actually seen some rumblings of uh, Mariners being interested in somebody like Jorge Soler. He would fit in very well here. He's even lowered his strikeout rate to like below 21%. Where would, he would, he just, would he just DH there? Yeah. Did you see the, I, I who's your know, DH yeah, right now? Uh, are you, I know you're sitting down right. for this. Get ready, okay? AJ Pollock. AJ so Pollock, it's a, it, yeah. it's a it's a, a a trifecta. AJ Pollock, Tommy Lastella, yeah, and Tom, and Tom Murphy. That as of well, like Tom Murphy, two no, he, ago, he's just he's just a backup catcher now. Yeah, but we use him as DH though. <laughs> but as um, of like two games, that's ago, not bad. AJ Pollock is good against lefties. I imagine that's what he mostly starts. Lastella is good against righties. That's 
Yeah, it's not a Solaire, but I don't know if they're going to move Pollock to the. Maybe they may move Pollock into someone else and bring in Solaire. That that could be possible, I guess. It's just tough because like our our DH in Seattle had zero RBIs and like a point zero five three batting average, uh, like through fifteen games in the season. Hey, Professor, nice to see you back here once again. Uh, and real quick, Professor said Tristan McKenzie is available. Thoughts on stashing? I, I mean, I think it's he's worth yeah. a stash. Yeah. He's good enough. Uh, absolutely, yeah. Especially if you have an IL spot and he's available in your league, pick him up and, and put him on it because he, he should be back, right? Like he's yeah. When, when he's on the sixty day deal, yeah, the sixty day deal. So after May 29th, so so in June he'll come come back sometime. Yeah, he may even be worth a roster spot if there's no IL in your league. I mean, he's going to help you for the final push final more than half of the season probably so that's when it really matters if you can you can weather the storm till then if you can just take up your streaming spot or something like that yeah. um someone yeah i mean i i but speaking of solaire i'm not sure if the, if the phillies could use him uh i mean the phillies hope bryce harper is playing is planning on playing first base first would be, base would be crazy I, i'd love to see it and and I've tweeted this, but like ha- having Hoskins out obviously sucks. But like, mm-hmm. I love that the Phillies can be in on these big bats that just fill a DH spot because because there's no there's nobody there right now. But speaking yeah, speaking of the Phillies, Bryson Stott, Brandon Marsh have both been incredible. Stott at a uh, second base and shortstop. Brandon Marsh outfield, obviously he's uh, he's hitting fifth tonight. Actually, five hole hitter mm. Brandon Marsh. 368, three home runs, OPS 1.15. Absolutely insane from him. Um, Yeah. Uh, you have any, anyone else you want, you want to talk about? Yeah. Uh, somebody that I was in on before the season, so I don't know if I can call him. He wasn't a surprise to me. Probably not to you because I talked to you about him a ton, but Yandy Diaz. Yes. I think the breakout is real. We talked about him a lot this offseason. Initially talked about how he's a points league god but how he's going to be good enough to be good in all formats this year i was telling anybody that would listen he needs to stay and now yandy diaz's baseball savant page is just blood red it is the reddest possible after his home run that he hit yesterday that was an absolute missile or i guess i should say a wednesday because i forgot uh <laughs> after yandy's home run that he hit on wednesday he had like 23 batted ball events over 100 miles an hour and eight of them over 111 miles an hour already this year. When he hits a home run, it's literally just a laser beam. It looks like John Carlos Stanton. Like, I still remember when I was younger, uh, and man, this is how old I am. I can say when I was younger, when he was Mike Stanton, and he would hit these crazy missile home runs, then Sports Center would put up the little uh, timer that shows, like, dang, that made it out of the stadium in like 2.1 seconds. Yandy Diaz is hitting the balls that hard to get out of the stadium. It, that raised lineup is nuts. He's hitting leadoff there. His average is coming back up closer to 300 again. He had that power surge in the second half. He just needed to be able to lift the ball. And wouldn't you know it? He's lifting the ball, his launch angle. Uh, with 7.7 degrees last year, it's up to 14.8 degrees right now, which is exactly what you want to see from somebody that hits the ball that hard. Yandy could be a 20 home run guy now that just doesn't strike out, which is incredible. Yeah, I mean, I I pretty much made fun of you for it for having him think it was your nine third ninth third baseman there. And I have, I have to completely take that back. I mean, that was that was a fantastic prediction, but by you, fantastic ranking so far at least. I mean, his his baseball savant numbers do back it up. He is the pages as red as Solaire is. So yeah, good call there. If somehow he's available in your league, go, go grab him first base, third base eligible only ro- I mean, rostered in 75% of Yahoo league. So he's not available in most leagues, but, but if he is, or if he's, if his uh, manager is selling, selling, trying to sell high on him, maybe you can sneak in there because the underlying mm-hmm. metrics do show that this, this should continue. Another uh, kind of Jorge Soler type guy that we talked about before, he had a good start, then he got hurt, came back, had a home run in his first game back, and then on uh, Thursday today in in the day game in Boston, I guess that's not that's not on this uh, game log yet. But but on on Wednesday night, Joey Gallo had a fly out, um, three hundred sixty six feet, hundred one exit velo, one oh seven. That was a that was an air and a uh, one oh nine for a for for his home run. So he's seeing the ball 
pretty well again. He has the power. What are your thoughts on, on Joey Gallo? Have they changed at all since since uh, a few weeks ago? For me, they haven't really changed just because a lot of his uh, helpful fantasy output comes in bunches. He's not even streaky. It's just three home runs and eight RBIs in one game, and then he'll go 0 for 12 with 12 strikeouts in the next couple games after that, and then one for four with the home run and three strikeouts. He is likely going to end up as a guy that hits 35 home runs this year, so he does have some value there depending on league type. But he's not good for average. He kills you in points leagues. I think his strikeout rate's like 40%. But, I mean, the power's real. He's always had the power. So I think when he's healthy, he's worth it. In category leagues, I'm never going to recommend him in a points league. But Joey Gallo is somebody that it's fun to see him back. Uh, he was kind of a, a Reddit meme there for a while, uh, for a few years. Uh, I just saw one of my favorite clips the other day of him uh, going live on MLB The Show and talking about how dirty they did him on the the picture of him from like MLB The Show 19. Just the ugliest picture imaginable oh, yeah. was him on the screen scrolling through. Uh, yeah, he has some some use, but he's not anybody I'm really keyed in on at the moment. I, I would I think if you're looking for looking for outfield help, uh, he's available in the league that I just picked up Solarin, so I'm not picking him up. But I I, I mean I, I would look for Gallo as well. Uh this weekend the twins are back home. Uh, I'm not sure what the, what the park factor is there, but they have that kind of short overhang porch there in right field. So maybe it maybe it's good for left-handed hitters. Um they have them face the nationals this weekend. Nationals do not have a good pitching staff, uh, and three right-handed starters are starting there. So that that's a good weekend matchup for him if you're looking for some home runs to uh, catch your opponent this week. And then next week they they host the Yankees and then the uh, some other bad team. I, I I forget who it is now, but some other bad team at, at home. So maybe try to ri- ride this streak here. He is hitting the ball pretty hard. It's if you're looking for home runs, I mean, you can't you can't not look at Gallo. Yeah, and speaking of. <clears throat> Some more, man, I'm struggling. My freaking Gatorade ran out and I got an itchy throat, but it was just amazing to have when you're doing a podcast. But another guy that uh, has been an excellent early season surprise. If you followed me at all on Twitter, if you followed any of my writing or even us talking on this podcast, you would know that I have been a big fan of the men of steel for a while now. Justin Steele in Chicago. I own him in all seven leagues, although I did offer him in a trade package for Tatis this morning, so I may only own him in six leagues, so we'll have to see. But he started the year four or three, you know, excuse me, in four games with a 1-4-4 ERA, 24 strikeouts in 25 innings, and he hasn't been re- doing it against scrubs either. Uh, so far this year, he's faced Milwaukee, Texas, the Dodgers, and then Oakland, who is a scrub. But uh, the previous three outings were against legitimately good teams. He is just a two-pitch pitcher, which say what you want about that he has excellent control like if you look at his uh heat charts of his pitches his fastball lives in the upper corner and his slider he just buries down and away to righties non-stop uh he's got a was it a 33 percent whiff rate on his slider his second most used pitch yep 24 percent on his fastball He's like gets a lot of missed bats. He's not going to go undefeated this year. Obviously, he's going to lose at some point. But it cannot be stated enough how good that Chicago Cubs defense is now, which is massive for pitchers. So when you have somebody like Justin Steele who does have the ability to miss bats and has control, and then he's a very much a ground ball pitcher, he's his uh, peripherals and stuff throughout the year are going to be. Excellent. He could easily end the year under a three ERA with around as many strikeouts as innings. And he has the ability to go 160, 170 innings this year, which not a lot of pitchers do anymore. So he is somebody that if you can, I've seen him still available in some leagues, which blows my mind. So if he is somehow still available in your league, he should be owned in hundred percent of leagues, but I think it is still, I don't think his price is too high to trade for him still either. Because yeah, some people are, that have him are going to be wondering whether or not it's real or not. So you could probably swoop in and steal him for obviously more than you or they got him for. But I mean, he's going to be incredible going forward. 
Yeah, someone else that, that, that I was, I was going to ask if you had any pictures there, so that, that was good there. And uh, someone else that we, we kind of liked, uh, I was able to get in the 19th round of my uh, eight-team keeper league, so probably like 14th, 15th round in a regular, regular size league, is uh, Hunter Brown of the Astros. He's had mm. three pretty good starts, 1.93 uh, ERA. He's faced so far this season, he faced the uh, Detroit, Minnesota, and Texas. Allowed four earned run in his first start, uh, and his last two seven, seven shutout innings both times, seven strikeouts, five strikeouts. So the strikeout to walk is up to seventeen to six this season. I can't imagine he's available in many, in many leagues, but if he is or if he's available for trade, I think he's someone that I'd probably probably look for. Yeah, and he's a guy that he's got a good pitch mix, which I like to see. Hunter Brown does. Uh, fastball, slider, curveball, and a split finger, which you don't see much split finger action anymore. He doesn't use it very much. He's only thrown 10 of them, but, I mean, he threw it. it. It's on his baseball savant, so we'll count it. He doesn't miss as many bats as I wish he did. His best pitch, uh, whiff rate-wise, is his slider, which I do like to see. One of the best things you can look for in a pitcher when evaluating them is obviously a good secondary pitch. Most people have a fastball as their dominant pitch. So other pitchers have different things, but you want to see a very good dominant secondary pitch, something like a slider. If somebody, if a guy has a slider that he's using like 20% of the time, that's getting a 30 plus percent whiff rate. That's pretty fucking good. Hunter Browns is not 30% on the whiff rate. It's only 27%, but we can live with that. He's got a nice fastball. He's sitting around 96, 97 with a wipeout slider. And he mixes that curveball in quite a bit too, which is considerably uh, considerably lower pitch. He only throws at 83. So pitching for the Astros. He's like the, he's like like the anti, anti-Mason Miller in a way. Yeah, like he's a good pitcher that's pitching for like an actually good team. So he'll actually get wins. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I, I like him a lot. I mm-hmm. did miss out on him. I was going to draft him, but then he had the injury to start the year or like the injury concern. And so I was hesitant. I shouldn't have been hesitant. That was on me. That was a stupid move. I should have known better, but yeah, he, if he is somehow still available, snag him. Uh, and just like Justin Steele, I think you could trade for him for an actual, like decent value. That's not going to break the bank fantasy baseball wise get him on your roster and he's going to be excellent moving forward yeah and and at the opposite end of the spectrum, a, a veteran here that I, that I want to call out 35 year old alex cobb of the san francisco giants <laughs> i was able to pick him up in the 20th round in my main uh 12 team league and i've i've grown fond of him here i've looked at looked to drop him over the past few weeks but i i just can't and it's most recent start eight strikeouts and five innings against the marlins his worst start this season came against in Yankee Stadium, uh, April first. So, like, that's doesn't doesn't really count. Early season, Yankee Stadium. Can't blame him there. He, he, I think he's. I don't know if I trade for him. I don't know if he, he's that good. But it's he, it's not a sexy pick. It's not a sexy pickup. But he'll, he'll get the job done. He uh, is a two star pitcher next week too. He starts on Monday against the Cardinals, and then I don't know who they play later league, but two star pitcher if you, if you start on Monday. So that, that's. That's 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 not a bad, bad option if he's available. He should be more widely available. Only rostered in fifty seven percent of Yahoo, of Yahoo leagues. Yeah, and he's again excellent one. I actually had him on my list as well. Uh, he has that dominant secondary pitch like I just talked about. Sinker's his main pitch, very closely followed by a split finger with a thirty three point three percent whiff rate. So again, he can hit you with the splinker, the sinker, and then just bury that split finger in the dirt to get those swings and misses. He has been kind of a victim of bad Babbitt luck over the last couple of years, which has skewed his numbers a little bit, but just like the Cubs, I think there is a little better defense being played out there in San Francisco. So Alex Cobb is a good one and, to keep an eye and on. And a good uh, home ballpark there for him too. That's an absolute factor. Yeah. Good pitchers park. All right. Uh, we're brought to you by the SGPN merch store in honor of the NBA playoffs from now until the end of April, get 10% off anything in the SGPN merch store. When you use the promo code SGPNBA, 
So head over to store.sportsgovernmentpodcast.com and use the promo code SGPMBA to get 10% off everything, including this uh, gray silver flex SGP hat I'm wearing. So uh, <laughs> make sure you check out store.sportsgamblingpodcast.com. All right. And so with that, I think the last thing we have today is just cover some of our favorite uh, matchups from the weekend. Obviously, mm-hmm. we're not going to sit here and tell you that Garrett Cole is a good person to start this weekend because you don't need us to tell you that. And I really hope that's not why you're here. Uh, we're talking more of the lesser owned guys closer to streaming options or like close enough to being streamable guys that could give you some value this weekend. I will start off by saying Saturday is a very hard day to say that for because that is kind of ace day for a lot of teams. So Alec Manoa, Pablo Lopez, Garrett Cole, guys like that are going, which makes it tough. Uh, and right out of the gate, Miles Miklas against Luis Castillo. For me, at least right out of the gate on my Mariners happy MLB at bat app. Stay the hell away from Miles Miklas. My brother and mustache him. Stay away. He's he's broken this year, and Luis Castillo is absolutely not. So don't even think about it, even with the Mariners struggling a little bit. But one guy that I'm looking at that I kind of like is Hayden Wisniewski. I think it's going to come back to bite me in the ass by saying that, but I'm intrigued just by that last start. He had all the intangibles to be a breakout coming into the year, just like his teammate Justin Steele. He started out with a few really bad starts. And then he goes seven innings with seven strikeouts. I think it was against Oakland in his last start. So take that how you want against Oakland. But it was a very good showing. He had the sweeper going. His fastball was dominant. They are playing the Dodgers, and he's going against Clayton Kershaw, which makes it interesting. But the Dodgers this year are not the Dodgers of last year. They are beatable. I think they're 8-10 and 10 right now. That the Cubs do have that excellent defense. I don't know if he'll necessarily get you the win, but I think he could be in line for six innings, six innings, another seven strikeouts, maybe give up three runs. I think a quality start is is in the books for Wisniewski. Yeah, that's a good, good call. I, I have him one one of my leagues. I'm counting on him. I, yeah, I didn't realize he's pitching against such a hard matchup, but still, good. Good. I mean, there's a, there's a chance he wins still, and he should get, give give you good innings, try to get some strikeouts there. Uh, someone I'm looking at uh, and that similar there is Dre Jameson of the Arizona Diamondbacks. Mm. He's kind of been building up his, I mean, he, he has a save on the season and now he's starting. Should remain in the rotation with um, Madison Bumgarner, DFA'd. Sad to see him go there. Um, yeah, he, he, he's, been, he's been good so far. So I, I think him against the Padres on uh, 23rd, that's Sunday. Uh, he's going against you Darvish, so may not get the win. But still, D-backs have been tough so far this year. So he's has two wins on the season. Uh, could could get his third here. Yeah, and Jamison might have the best slider in baseball this year. So you can never count out a guy that has a slider that is that, that dominant, second most used pitch, like we've been talking about. And with that slider, Jamison has like a 65% whiff rate, which is just fucking weird. Like, that, that's... It's crazy. Like he he throws that thing into the dirt and has people swinging at it, looking like idiots. Uh, I gotta ask you, as a Phillies fan, how much do you know about uh, Christopher Sanchez that you guys have starting on Saturday? Um, I believe he he's one of our our better prospects, or someone that was being asked about in, in trade recently. At the very least, I, I don't know a ton about him. I'm um, looking up his, his current stats. So far this season, eight and two thirds across two starts, uh, eleven strikeouts, one earned run. We play the Rockies here this this weekend, right? Um, yeah. So we'll probably be favorites. I, I it, the Phillies pitchers have just been horrible going deep in games. Like the, if they go into the sixth, it's fucking fantastic. So <laughs> I can't imagine he'll get. He might not even get five innings for, for the win. Uh, first two starts went four, and then four and two thirds down there in AAA. Only that three hits in the two starts. So uh, three walks, 11 strikeouts. Might be a decent matchup for him against the Rockies. I don't think they're they're hot right now. I, I know they've been they've been mm. decent, but a lot of that's at home. So no, they, they haven't been. They got fucking crushed by Pittsburgh. <laughs> was it was it Pittsburgh over the Pittsburgh earlier? Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but and the Mariners might be, uh, swept him too. Might, might be worth a flyer in, in some um, deeper leagues. 
Uh, one other guy I want to highlight from Saturday. Never thought I was going to say this because I think he's like 60, but Rich Hill going against the Reds at PNC Park. The Pirates have been sneaky good this year. They're 12 and mm-hmm. 7. Rich Hill has not really been sneaky good. He has like a 5.57 ERA, but 15 strikeouts in 21 innings. He he can go deep into a game if he doesn't get shelled early, so it'll all come down to how that game starts out. But he could actually be in line for the win because the Reds have Sessa on the mound, and Sessa is not a good pitcher, and the Reds are not a good offensive lineup besides like Jonathan India. So he, he's one you could sneak in there, and he's going to be owned he, in like 1% of leagues. Here's the thing. He might be sneaky good. He's had three good starts and, and one bad start. Uh, first start of the season in Cincinnati allowed three runs on, on three hits, two home runs in five innings. Understandable. His next start at home against the White Sox allowed seven and four, seven runs in four innings, allowed three home runs there, so not good. But past two starts, home against Houston, six innings, two earned, uh, no strikeouts, but only only five hits allowed. And last start in Colorado, six innings, seven strikeouts, one earned run. So, three of his, I, I would take three of his four starts there uh, as a yeah. streaming option, especially now at home against the Reds. So, he's two percent rostered in Yahoo leagues. Not going to guarantee his strikeouts, but he has two seven strikeout games on the season. So, Rich Hill in those deep deep leagues, he should be available, and I don't hate that at all. You're not putting my stamp on it. I think that he's my favorite streaming option for Saturday. Dick Matt, go for him. Yeah, I'm thinking big game for Rich Hill. Another uh, another veteran pitcher here, Wade Miley, has been surprisingly good. Uh, he had one bad start in Arizona, five innings, three earned. Besides that, uh, against the Mets in his first start, six innings, no uh, only five hits, three strikeouts, no walks, no runs. And then last start in San Diego against the good lineup there, seven innings, no earned runs, four hits, eight strikeouts, no walks. So, I mean, Wade Miley, one much like uh, Alex Cobb, not, not a sexy sexy guy there whatsoever, looking at his baseball re- reference page. I mean, you know, nice beard there, so nice long hair. So, <laughs> but yeah, uh, look at his it. career, ERA 4.1. Last year, I mean, he only started uh, eight games, but he, he had an ERA 3.16, 3.37 the year before in 28 starts. Maybe Wade Miley could be a decent either streaming option or a guy you stream and then, you know, hold on to it and see if you can keep playing him. Hey, Insano, I see you in the chat. I I say this a lot, and I, it always like clicks in my head, but I agree with that. Uh, I love what you said about him not being a sexy pick because I think people need to keep that in mind when they are doing the, uh, the old pitching streaming thing. You're not going to find sexy streaming options in fantasy baseball. The reason that these guys aren't already owned in your league, unless you're like with some newbies that don't really know what's going on, but the reason that majority of these are not owned in your league is because overall, in the grand scheme of things, they're not the greatest pitchers. If you're streaming, you're streaming based off of matchups and kind of recent uh, success on the mound type of scenario. And so somebody like Wade Miley, you could keep him maybe for the rest of the year to see how it plays out, but I think he's more of a just a, a Saturday guy with a good matchup, uh, and then you find somebody for the next day. Or I, like next I, I, I disagree. I mean, they're not sexy picks, but like they can be just your fifth or sixth starter on your team that, that goes out there and gives you gives you a solid start every week. And you you need guys like that to 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 to, to win your league. So not a league winner, but like guys like this are, are guys. And this is not this is when you get them. This early in the season when he only has you know two good starts, one bad start, or three good starts, one 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 bad start. You snag him now if you if he has a good start now, keep him. Have done a good start, keep him, and it just builds off that. He turns into somebody that you can either count on in your rotation in a weekly league, no matter what, or someone that you know maybe you can trade, uh, and then because he'll fall off at some point, given his given his career so far. But ride it while you can. That's true. And Santa said, whenever I catch the live stream, I am hoping for the aquarium background. You know what? I I will do it next next week. I will stream with my aquarium in the background. You guys can see my mean ass fish hanging out behind me while we stream we are running a little long so let's you, jump you right just, into you need, get, you need to get a green screen so you can uh you can oh, put an aquarium on that that's a good idea uh sunday my favorite matchup for sunday reed detmers he's yes. going against god who the hell were they going against i already can't remember uh kansas city 
So already a good matchup. He is a fairly prominent name. I think me and Ryan were looking before the show. He's owned in 40% of ESPN leagues. He's like owned in more than that. Yeah, he's owned, I think, close to 60 in Yahoo leagues. Yeah, so he's a little bit of a tougher streamer because he is a little more known. But, uh, I mean, fact of the matter is the Royals suck really bad. Uh, some of their pitching is imploding very badly. And the Angels have a, a – I mean, they put up runs. They have a good offense. I don't know if I'd call it, like, good, good, but – they're a decent team, nine and nine this year. He has the stuff to blank the the Royals on Sunday. It's just a matter of can he? His fastball has been very hittable, but his secondary pitches have been amazing. I don't think he's given up a hit on his curveball at all this year, which is pretty impressive. And he throws like a ninety mile an hour slider now, so he has the tools needed to blank the Royals, and much like. Rich Hill, I think he could go. I think he could go six, seven innings with an okay amount of strikeouts, maybe like one per inning, and just lock down your your matchup on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, I said Jameson before. Before he starts Sunday, uh, Miley starts Saturday. He's a good option. Um, Peterson against against the against the Giants could be decent for the Mets. He he was been he had a bad start last time out still won against against the Dodgers but he's been less than people expected there mm-hmm. if he's available and then an early look at, at a at a two start pitcher next week another one Edward Cabrera could could be a sexier pick there he ha- he has good strikeout upside struck out 8 in 6 innings against the Giants last time out uh ERA of 3 got the win in that game pitches against at Atlanta which is a really really tough matchup they're killing the ball but then the Cubs at home in, in the second start. So if you, if you want to look for some strikeout upside and and potentially potentially a win or two there, I'd look for uh, Cabrera. I love that one. I have him in three of my leagues. He did everything you wanted in his last start. He really struggled with his command in the starts before that, and so he went back to the old Edward Cabrera and went very change up heavy, which is his bread and butter pitch, and he was lights out with it. Uh, I'm hoping that that game plan kind of sticks for him moving forward because if he can lead with the changeup and then build his other pitches off of that, he can dominate a lot of teams in the league. He's still the same Edward Cabrera that Pedro Martinez said reminds him of a young Pedro Martinez. So the, the stuff is there. It's just a matter of, can he do it and stop trying to force fastballs down people's throat because everybody just tees off on those. And when he hits the zone, if that ever happens, uh, Insano said, Kenta Maeda was my streaming pitcher, and he left injured. X-rays on ankle are negative day-to-day, might have dodged an injury. He's lucky because I was like a 111-mile-an-hour comebacker that he took right off the leg. That hurt me just watching it. Uh, it's all the streaming option, though. I love Maeda this year, mm-hmm. but the man can't yeah. stay healthy. He, he's on one of my teams. I, think. I, I have a, uh, a quick question for you, Blake. Throwing a, throwing you a, a, a nasty curveball here. Fire away. Your thoughts on, on Zach Nito so far? I like it. I mean, he's a young guy getting used to the league. He's went like two for, what do you go, two for four the other day with two doubles. Mm-hmm. They moved him down to the nine hole instead of hitting leadoff, which I think will help him a little bit. He does give me uh, leadoff man of the future vibes. So that is just, like we talked about before. That's an excellent lineup to be leading off in because if you lead off all this and you got Taylor Ward, Mike Trout, Shohei Otani, Hunter Renfro all hitting behind you, a lot of run scoring potential. I want to see him try and steal a couple more bases, but he's finally getting the bat on the ball. It's kind of calming down a little bit. He's not forcing things. So he's not quite fantasy relevant yet, but that day is coming in the near future. And I promise I'm not just saying that because I spent $219 of my fab budget on him. I really mean that. I do like what he, what he has done thus far. And I think he's only going to get better throughout the year. Kind of like Anthony Volpe started really slow. And now he's turning into like a legitimate leadoff hitter for the Yankees. Fast as hell. He's hitting over 200 now. So yeah, I think, I think Nito, Nito's pretty Nito. That was fucking corny, but yeah, I like that one. Yeah, and if I'm, you guys like, oh, go ahead. Oh, I had a oh, I was gonna say, uh, on the bright side uh, there. I mean, the last three games, he is three for 11 with those two doubles, only one strikeout in 11 at bats. So he he's putting the ball on play. Maybe hit his, uh, his he'll have better fortune uh, heading out of the nine, nine hole. Speaking of better fortune, 
<laughs> if you want to get lucky and win yourself a free custom MLB jersey, make sure you go over to Twitter and check out our contest. Uh, it's our pinned tweet. All you got to do is you get one entry for subscribing to our YouTube, one entry for a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcast, and one entry for a five-star rating on Spotify. And shoot us some screenshots on that Google form that I have on there so that we can keep track. And on the 27th of April, we will announce the winner live on the podcast, and you will get a free custom MLB jersey of your choosing. You one one week from today, yeah. We, you, yes, you, sir. You, you got a Twitter at, is at Fake Baseball. YouTube is uh, Fake Baseball Money. And yeah, leave us the five-star rating and review. We're still, still a full week to go, so you can plenty of time to, to get those in. Yeah, and uh, I think we're going to record – friday this week correct we should be recording friday yeah and potentially so, potentially a special weekend episode we'll see we might sneak one in there yeah, we'll for see. you guys since we love you guys so much uh but you guys can follow me on twitter at balake b-u-h-h-l-o-c-k-a-y-e and you can follow me on twitter at r gilbert sop and we'll catch you guys next time see ya Girl, oh.